As Stefan said, I'm Mary Hulst. I serve as the university pastor at Calvin University here in town, and I'm a member here at Alger, and it's a joy to be with you today. We're continuing our series on living resurrection, looking today at the story of Peter and Jesus. This can be found in your pew Bibles on page 1547. It's also on the screen. We're reading chapter 21 of John, verses 15 through 19. We're reading here right after the disciples have caught a lot of fish, and Jesus has made for them a bit of breakfast on the beach. So picking up here in verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. This is the word of the Lord. There's a scene in the TV show Friends where Joey walks through the door and Phoebe turns and says to him, Joseph Francis! And he says, whoa, what are you middle naming me for? Because you know when someone uses your middle name, you're in trouble, right? There's a reckoning to be had. And sure enough, Joey had blown off Phoebe for a date and she is not happy. There's a reckoning. In this text, when Jesus says to Peter, Simon, son of John, Peter knows he's in trouble. And he is. This is the first time that Jesus and Peter are together and talking since Peter denied Jesus. Three times over the course of just a few hours, Peter said, I don't know him. I don't know that guy. I don't know who you're talking about. So when Jesus says, Simon, son of John, Peter knows this is serious. Jesus isn't messing around. Then Jesus asks a strange question. Do you love me more than these? And the implication is, do you love me more than these other disciples do? Now, that, that's got to feel like a trap to Peter? Like, how would he know? How do you measure that? I don't know. And so, learning from past mistakes, good job, Peter. He relies on Jesus' knowledge. He says, uh, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus tells him to do something he knows nothing about. Feed my lambs. What? 
Peter had literally just hauled in a net full of fish. His hands were calloused, his shoulders were strong, he could read the sea like the back of his hand. He was a fisherman. He didn't know anything about sheep. What was Jesus talking about? Three times this happens. Three times the full formal name. Three times the question about love. Three times the command to care for Jesus' sheep. All this shows that Jesus isn't messing around. Peter's denial is serious. And Jesus' restoration is serious. Jesus doesn't say to Peter, you know, that night, that was a rough night. You were having a rough night. I was having a rough night. Shake it off. No problem. Because Jesus knows that unless he gets to the heart of it, unless he moves toward Peter's deepest pain, his deepest shame, Peter is going to be stuck there, stuck in his denial, stuck in his pain, stuck in his shame. Peter will stay there at the lake fishing and replaying that night over and over and over again. He will be stuck. And Jesus doesn't want Peter to be stuck. He's got more for Peter to do. He doesn't want him stuck in his denial. He doesn't want him stuck in his shame. He's got a plan for him. Jesus doesn't want Peter stuck. And he doesn't want us stuck either. Stuck in our denials. Stuck in our worst moments. Stuck in our shame. Because Peter's not the only one who denies Jesus. You watch the cashier give you back your change and you realize that he's giving you change back for a 20 when you only gave him a 10. But you don't say anything. Your friends start a group text, but they intentionally leave someone out so you can all talk about how annoying that person is. And you chime right in. You have your phone set up so that you can see the porn whenever you want, but no one else can access it. You tell your spouse that you got the boots on sale for 50 bucks, but they were really 275. You have an anonymous social media account, so you can go and troll other accounts and no one will know who you are. Every time we willingly choose to hurt someone, to lie, to cheat, to steal, we deny Jesus. And every time we have the opportunity to do the right thing, to tell the truth, to love someone better or more deeply, and we don't, we deny Jesus. It turns out we are very good at denying Jesus. And Jesus says to us, Mary Sue Hulst, Thomas Allen Betts, William James Reynolds, Kara Leilani DeWitt, do you love me? Do you? And like Peter, 
We feel the clench in our guts when our full name is called because we know we've messed up. We know we've denied Jesus. We know it. We can bring it to our minds faster than just about anything else. These questions hurt because they remind Peter of his failure, and these questions hurt because they remind us of our failure. But this isn't where Jesus leaves it with Peter. Three times the full name, Simon, son of John. Three times his deepest loyalty is questioned. Three times he's reminded of what he has done, but then three times he's given something new to do. The scene right before this, this is the last time Peter fishes in the New Testament. This is the end of his career as a fisherman. When we see Peter next, it's Pentecost. And he's preaching, and he's baptizing, and he's calling people to repentance. And as the book of Acts goes on, he gets to heal people. He's welcoming Gentiles into the church. He's feeding Jesus' lambs. He's tending Jesus' sheep. The fisherman turns into a shepherd. The exchange with Jesus was not only about forgiveness, not only about the restoration of the relationship between Jesus and Peter, but it was also a commissioning, an ordination of sorts. The old has passed away, Peter. The new has come. This is who you are now. And with this commissioning comes this really weird part about how Peter's going to die, which seems odd until you realize that Jesus is making something else very clear. Here's the deal, Peter. Loving me and loving my people will not lead to wealth and an easy life. It's not how it's going to go. So when you end up in jail... When your hands are enshackled, when someone is taking you to where you do not want to go, I don't want you to think for one minute that's because you're being punished or you did something wrong or that I don't love you. I want you to understand that loving me and loving my people comes with a cost. So don't be surprised when that happens because that's part and parcel of what it means to follow me. And he says to Peter then, the words he said at the very beginning of the relationship, follow me. This is a fresh start, Peter. This is a do-over. This is a clean slate. Follow me. I'm calling you again. I call you again. I still call you. What you have done does not disqualify you from what I have for you to do. I call you again. Follow me. In this text, Jesus gives Peter the gift of a ritual, the gift of a ceremony that renews their relationship, that forgives Peter's past and invites him into a new future. That's the same gift Jesus gives us. When we come forward here to the table or when we peel back the little lids of our cups, We're admitting that we're sinners. Only sinners can come to the table, by the way. So if any of you are good, you're not sinning in any way, stay right where you are. 
because this is only for sinners. When we walk down the aisle and we come forward, we're saying, yep, I cheated this week, I lied to somebody, I was mouthy toward my mom. I stole the video game controller thing from my brother so he couldn't play with it. I denied Jesus. And Jesus meets us right here and he says, I know. I know. And he calls you by your full name. Cindy Lynn Adibetz, Andrew J. Krominga. He calls you by your full name. And he says, you get a fresh start. You get a do-over. You're forgiven. Take care of my sheep. You see, in this exchange, Jesus asks Peter two of the central questions of the Christian faith. Do you love me? Will you take care of my people? And that's the Easter deal. That's the resurrection deal is we get to love Jesus more and we get to take care of his people. We get to do this. We get to die to the sins of our past and rise to a life of purpose and hope. We get to say, yes, Lord, you know that I love you and we get to live like it. We get to say, I'm sorry. We get to say, I forgive you. We get to say, I need help. We get to say, I'll help you. We get to say these things and do these things because the resurrection of Jesus Christ means that our pasts do not define our future. Jesus does. Jesus defines our future. Jesus defines what is next for us. It's not our past sins. It's not the shame you have. None of that defines your future. Jesus does. Jesus invites us into something new and something different, some way to tend and care for his sheep. When we come to the feast, we're forgiven for the times that we denied Jesus and we're invited to care for his people, to volunteer for nursery, even if we've never done it before and we think we're too old, to study nursing because people need great health care, to teach music because people need beauty, to help people learn how to steward their money or care for creation or to rear children who are the kindest people in line at Meyer. We're invited to tend his lambs. We're invited today to hear Jesus call our name and add a little something to it. Eric, beloved son. Nancy, beloved daughter. Barb, beloved daughter. John, beloved son. Come, for the table is ready. Come. Son, daughter of mine, be fed and feed my lambs. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, we give you praise and thanks for you are the one who defines our future. You are the one who forgives, who restores, 
who invites us again to follow you. So today, Lord, as we come to this table, we pray that we can lay down our sin, lay down our shame, and hear again your voice saying, come and follow me. Follow me. We thank you, Jesus Christ, that you restored Peter and you restore us. And we pray this in your name. Amen.